Hello, 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 and welcome to the Friday edition of Samuels vs. Schlanger. I am Leighton Samuels, I am Leighton Schlanger, and we have some really exciting news for you. I am psyched! Whoa! You're starting us off on a positive note. Absolutely I am. We have... We have exciting news. I can't contain myself. I'm, you expect me to just sit sit on this exciting news until the end of this podcast and announce it at the end of the podcast? Well, I mean, that's kind of what we talked about in the pre-show meeting, but hey, if you want to do it now, let's do it now. All right, we're doing it now. The amazing team over at We Know Fantasy has decided to bring our podcast, our ridiculous, super dumb hopefully helpful, but definitely entertaining podcast over to their platform. And for those of you who haven't heard of them, We Know Fantasy is an amazing resource. Uh, you can find them at weknowfantasy.com or at weknowfantasy on Twitter. Not only do they post uh, a bunch of articles and daily podcasts to provide you with a pretty steady stream of fantasy content, but they also will actually respond to your tweets. If you tweet at them with fantasy questions, with, with needs for advice, if you at them, you will, I, will, I can guarantee you, you will get a response. They are smart. They win leagues. They win DFS tournaments. They, they're, I'm thrilled to be a part of their group. And I, hey, I'm thrilled too. And you just totally, like, I was, I was nailing that announcement. I was, I was doing a really good job, and you just totally hijacked that from me. Well, okay, but it's not, it's not about us. It's not about you. It is about We Know Fantasy. And you made it all about you all of a sudden, because that's the kind of guy you are. What I, I did not mean to make this personal, but it, hey, all right, all right. You want to talk a little bit more about We Know Fantasy? Well, uh... They're great. They're the fantasy content that they do with the, the podcasts. And the, you stole you stole everything. You stole everything that we were going to say about them. And you didn't leave anything for me to say about them. Well, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, okay? Um, oh, no. There is one more thing. We will be their Tuesday podcast. So you can expect us every single Tuesday from We Know Fantasy we will still be releasing it on the platforms that we release it on. But I strongly recommend you go through We Know Fantasy because honestly, you will find something on their website or on their Twitter stream that is much more helpful than anything we will be saying. That is, again, a huge vote of confidence in us. Well, as you know, I have no votes of confidence in you because... Samuels is wrong. Come on, we almost nope, nope. It is we. It is in the intro. We are doing this. It is happening. Samuels is wrong. What? What? How could I have been wrong? We just did a podcast on Tuesday. There's there's been one game. How could I have been wrong about something already? Well, it was something that you said in the last podcast, in which you stated that. David Njoku was out for the season, and he is not, in fact, out for the season. He is on injured reserve, and I bring this up for a very good point because I will cut you some slack. Injured reserve is very different this year. We have been accustomed to when a guy goes on injured reserve, they are done for the season, or at least in the past couple years, they are done for 
eight to nine weeks. Now, injured reserve, because of the COVID season, is a three-week minimum, which means David Njoku is going to be coming back. Le'Veon Bell also went on injured reserve. He is going to be coming back. So this is just something for all of us to keep in mind as we move forward, that just because one of your star players goes on injured reserve, this is not a reason to panic. You will have to deal with them being gone for some time, just like a normal injury. But it is not a reason to hang your head and cry. Well, that is awfully insightful of you. And yeah, I, I, it slipped my mind myself. And see, you were wrong. You're, you're, you are right. But we are going to be right about much more moving forward. We have a game to recap. We have the Thursday game between the Bengals and the Browns. A real exciting one there. Well, at least for a couple running backs it was. Plus, we're going to give a little bit of running back and wide receiver insight to help you set your lineups for this weekend. You ready for that drop? Never. I am never ready for that drop. Well, we're going to hit it anyway. This is the drop. This is the drop. This is the drop. Samuels versus Schlanger. Oh, this is going to be brutal. Come on, do it with... No, no, no. Stop doing a whip noise. With your with your mouth, that's embarrassing. What? How is this embarrassing? Stop with that! Stop seriously. Like like you 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 know how when someone is doing something in public that that you know is embarrassing for them, but they don't realize how embarrassing it is. So then you feel deeply like uncomfortably embarrassed for them. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know that feeling. Well, that's that is literally what I am feeling right now for you because that ah, you're just. You're embarrassing yourself in front of all of our listeners. Well, I think our listeners love me for who I am, no matter what. No, no, they don't. No, they don't. They don't even. They don't even know who you are. Actually, that's. Wait, wait, wait. No, they do know who you are. That is why we are so excited to be a part of We Know Fantasy. We're bringing it back, baby. Good job. Great segue. Speaking of segues, there were two. Browns running backs last night that just blew your socks off. I mean, blew your socks off? Come on, bro. Just, like, stop embarrassing yourself. It, what What's embarrassing about blew your socks off? That's like, that's like you're talking like you're in the 50s. Like, c- come on, bro. We're, we're talking to a young and hip audience. I, I, we're not young and hip. Dude, I'm sorry. Well, I hope we're still young. I think we're young. Well, my knees and hips say otherwise. But you know who is young? These two Browns running backs that I keep trying to talk about. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, both of them put up over 20 fantasy points. If we're being exact, Nick Chubb put up 26.3. Kareem Hunt put up 24.1. Those are both stud performances do you have anything to to contribute besides the fact that they're they were just freaking great well and that's the thing they were great because of this situation the browns were playing from ahead for pretty much 100 percent if not 100 percent of that game well i mean impossible for 100 percent. they were tied obviously to start the game we have we get that part okay so the browns are not going to be ahead 
like this very often this year. Their their defense is absolute garbage right now. Well, a lot of that is injuries, and some of that might pick up later in the season. Maybe, maybe, but but the point I am making is Nick Chubb will not be doing this all season. He can't because game script will not allow for it. This is why I am more excited about Kareem Hunt. This is a game where game script tells you that Nick Chubb is going to blow Kareem Hunt out of the water. Not going to blow his socks off? No, blow him out of the water, not his socks off. But Kareem Hunt had pretty much the same performance. And you love to see that if you're a Kareem Hunt owner. If you're a Nick Chubb owner, you kind of would have hoped that about 10 of those fantasy points would have come your way because you're not going to get these opportunities later on in the season. This is why I am still a firm proponent in selling Nick Chubb. I know if you spent your second round pick on him, you're probably not going to want to sell him and you probably believe in him more than I do. But I don't think you should. Because the Browns are going to be playing from behind. Kareem Hunt is the running back in Cleveland that you want. In a way, yes. But I still agree with a majority of our listeners that Nick Chubb is a stud. He was also used in the past. Well, he had one reception. Exactly. And Kareem Hunt had two. So Kareem Hunt was better. But like by one percent, it wasn't a big passing. They will pass to Nick Chubb. In games that they are behind, Nick Chubb is too talented to keep down. Regarding pass catchers, you know, we talked about David Njoku going on IR, and we were hoping, hey, maybe that means Austin Hooper will have some more opportunities. And boy, were we wrong. Austin Hooper had four targets and two receptions for 22 yards. Like, it's fine. Well, they weren't passing the ball. You can't pass judgment. Pass judgment. Pass judgment on Austin Hooper in his first game without David Njoku on the field. In, in, a, in a game in which Baker Mayfield only throws the ball 23 times. Well, and it's part of the problem. Baker is going to spread the ball around. Even if he, even if he throws the ball 30, 35 times, like... If you look at these targets, like you had six players with two or more targets. And I mean, you're happy if you're an Odell Beckham Jr. owner because he finally had a good game getting, what is that? He got 17.4 fantasy points. So one fantasy relevant pass catcher. And Dravis Landry is what? Just chopped liver to you? Chopped liver. Oh, so now who's talking like it's the 50s? Uh, uh, chopped liver is, is still a thing that people eat. No, maybe. I mean, I guess my dad does. But that's just proving the 50s point. Jarvis Landry. What is Jarvis Landry? Am I keeping us on track now? Yes, yes, you are. I'm sorry. So Jarvis Landry, you're, you're actually right. Okay, Jarvis Landry last year was my high floor guy. I actually loved having him on my team because I knew I could rely on him for like 8 to 12 points per week. And that was great. And you're right. So Odell is not the only viable pass pass catcher in Cleveland. I do think Jarvis Landry will find that high floor role, maybe lower ceiling again. Moving on to the Bengals, Joe Burrow is not fantasy relevant yet. I wish he was because... God, when that guy starts running, you get really excited. He's a, he's extremely athletic. You know he ran for that touchdown last week. 
Um, and he has all the building blocks to be a great fantasy QB, especially since he's on a team with a terrible defense when garbage time is going to be a thing. And like, he scored you 21.5 fantasy points tonight, which, you know, isn't bad. The problem is it took him 61 pass attempts to do it. As someone who thinks they're going to give the ball to Joe Mixon more, I do not think that Burrow is going to be the guy yet. Give him another couple weeks to prove it. And speaking of Joe Mixon, God, he he is struggle bussing, yo. He is he is dragging his feet and and not he's not dragging his feet. You're just well, I was looking for the stats, so I was rambling in order to find the thing that I needed to talk about. That was a oh, okay, that's that's good strategy there. It's like you've been doing this podcast for a bit. Well, I learned from the best. From me? No, from me. I am the best, and I learned from myself. Now, another disappointing game for Joe Mixon. He only had 12.6 fantasy points, which, I mean, if you're talking floor, like, that's a decent floor, and I think this was the floor. It is a disappointing game, just like I am not a believer in Nick Chubb, who went off tonight. I am a believer in Joe Mixon season long. They paid the guy. Like, they paid him. They have to use him. Zach Taylor is eventually going to get the picture. But is he, though? Giovanni Bernard had one rush tonight. And it was a three-yard rush that was called a touchdown on the field and then was reversed. And then Joe Mixon loses four yards on the very next play when he tries to get it in like... It's just, it's frustrating. I mean, and, and this coming from someone who, I, I'm a believer in Joe Mixon, but I'm getting worried. I, I don't think you should worry. And honestly, I'm going to recommend that you try to get Joe Mixon on your team as soon as possible. I am going to do it. You mean I am going to do it? Yes, you are going to do it. So everyone else should too. As far as pass catchers go, my God. Like, you want AJ Green to be the guy, he had 13 targets, bro. 13 targets, bro. He caught three of them, bro. Like, like you can't, you, you can't get away with that. Like, that, you cannot build a season on that. So it is extremely promising, and it makes you really excited about AJ Green going forward. But Joe Burrow has to be making those NFL throws, which is... Which he's doing it. Tyler Boyd has clearly carved out his role as the possession receiver. The guy had eight targets. He caught seven of them. And he caught a touchdown pass. Whoever the heck Drew Sample is. Did you not do your research? Do you not know who Drew Sample is? No! I don't know who Drew Sample is. You don't know who Drew Sample is. You were... None of us here were expecting Drew Sample to pop up on this podcast. But he caught seven of his nine targets. He was second in, in, in the, on the team in targets behind A.J. Green. I just want A.J. Green owners to recognize that I swear he is going to do better. You want to chase after targets. That is, you want opportunity in fantasy football. The production will come. I don't think Drew Sample is the guy you want to own in the Cincinnati Bengals receiving core. And I don't think anyone is saying that, but... I actually like Tyler Boyd more than A.J. Green because Tyler Boyd is going to be running the routes that Joe Burrow is more comfortable throwing to. And as you see, Tyler Boyd got that touchdown. 
Joe Burrow has an amazing deep ball, so eventually he will get on the same page with A.J. Green. But right now, today, for the next few weeks, I would rather have Tyler Boyd. Do we have a, do we have a live read? Well, we have a live read every week because we always have an episode sponsor because we are raking in the dough. And they don't pay us anything. But... You are absolutely right. I don't even know why I asked the question. Um, can you pass me that and I will do the read? Well, I, I can do it this time if you want. If I want. You're you're asking me? Oh, no. I'm going to do it. I don't ask anything of you. I decide things. This is my podcast. I will be doing the live read. Great. Cool. Give me a little 30-second break. Okay. So, you ever get hungry? I sure do. Food is what allows me to be here with you today. But sometimes I can't decide what kind of food I want to consume while my eyes consume all of these first downs, field points, and touch slams. That's why we made sports meat. Chicken wings? Too messy. Hot dogs? Too cylindrical. Bratwurst? Not in my America. Sports meat combines all of your favorites into one slurpable meat shake. We have all of your favorite flavors like buffalo, barbecue, and bubblegum. The best part is, if you use the promo code SVS, you can get 20% off your first subscription. That's right, subscription. We'll mail our sports meat right to your door. Sports meat. Go for two. You almost didn't make it through that one. No, 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 I couldn't. Um, that sounded, that sounded awful. Don't, don't you dare say that. We those that sounds wonderful. Thank you, Sports Meet, for your continued support of our podcast. No, no, no. I'm not even gonna. I don't even care if they sponsored our podcast. That sounds disgusting. I don't know why we even. We were even supporting them. They're supporting us. They're supporting us. Schlanger, can you just can you just come? It's you don't you don't have to meet eat sports meat if you want to. But I am going to go for two, like they said in the thing. Oh, that like I said in the thing. They just told me to say it. Well, that's how these live reads work. Anyway, moving on. We have uh, some actually really interesting. I wanted to talk about wide receivers in this second part. Because we seem to have hit a conundrum of sorts. So last year, only two players in the entire NFL were targeted on average over 10 times per game. That was Julio Jones and Michael Thomas. This past weekend, we had seven different wide receivers get more than 10 targets in a game. And the fact that there were seven of them wasn't even the craziest part. The craziest part is that three of those seven were on the same team. They were all on the Atlanta Falcons. It was Russell Gage, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. They all got exactly 12 targets, and they all caught exactly nine of those targets. Crazy. And Calvin Ridley was the only one who caught touchdowns out of the two of them, out of the three of them, and he caught two of those touchdowns. So the question being proposed to you, Schlanger, since you are my guest here. I'm not your guest. I am. I live here. Well, you're for the sake of this podcast, you're my guest. So I'm going to propose this question to you. Is this sustainable? I do not think so. Uh, I think for, for now, they might do it next week, 
whenever they face the Dallas Cowboys because out of all of the games this coming weekend, uh, they have the highest over-under and it's not even close. So they might throw the ball that much again, but I don't think Russell Gage is going to be getting 12 targets every single week. Now, Julio Jones might, and Calvin Ridley is a huge part of that offense at this point. But Russell Gage's role will be minimized once Hayden Hurst begins to find his legs with Atlanta. If you look at last year, how Atlanta used their tight end, Austin Hooper was tied for fifth in the league in both red zone targets and targets inside the 10-yard line. Hayden Hurst is going to start getting those. Matt Ryan loves to throw to his big guys once he's closer to the end zone. I think we talked about this. This is why Julio Jones might have trouble getting touchdowns like he always does. Calvin Ridley is just a scoring machine. I don't know how he does it. But some of those touchdowns are going to start going to Hayden Hurst. And this might be the week that it happens. The Cowboys lost Leighton Van Der Esch. Is <laughs> This is our new pod. No, no, no. This is it. This is it. We have our new podcast name. We are now Samuels versus Schlanger versus Vander Esch, starring Leighton Samuels, Leighton Schlanger, and I don't have a third voice for Leighton and Leighton Vander Esch. That's not what he sounds like. Um, but yes, you have no idea how thrilled I was when I found out that there was someone in the NFL with the same first name as me. Can I get back to analyzing this now? Yes, you can. So, Leighton Van Der Esch is out, which means the Cowboys just got weaker at linebacker. So, I think that this will open things up for Hayden Hurst over the middle of the field. I think he's going to get a lot more targets in a game that will involve a lot of passing. So, who were a couple of those other guys that, that got more than 10 targets this past weekend? So... One of those guys was the one who led the NFL in targets this past weekend, and that is Devontae Adams. Now, the reason why I bring that up is not having to do with Devontae Adams, but because of the two other options. And we're going to be looking at a few different teams, all centered around the same idea that their primary guy cannot be getting 15-plus targets every single week. So who are going to be the guys that pick up that slack? Since we started with Devontae Adams because he had 17 targets, let's look at, Mar at Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Alan Lazard. Now, if you look at just the, the box score of that game, and if, and if you watched the game, you might get the feeling that you want MVS. MVS was a dropped pass away from having not a Devontae Adams night, but a massive fantasy night. The only problem is, Marquez Valdez-Scantling was only on the field for 54% of offensive snaps. Alan Lazard was on the field for 87% of snaps. It was what we talked about with the targets for A.J. Green. We are chasing opportunity. And you cannot catch passes if you are not on the field. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling only being on the field for 54% of the snaps, that scares me. I would much rather have Alan Lazard right now, and I think both of them are going to be available in most leagues at this point. 
Going down that list, we had uh, we had DeAndre Hopkins getting the second most targets this uh, this past weekend with 16, not too far behind our friend Devontae Adams. So who are the wide receivers we're looking at in Arizona? So that would be our two guys, Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald. And it's actually kind of crazy because they seem to be matching up a lot. If you look at just the game from this past weekend, they each got five targets, the same. If you look last year, the percentage of, of, of offensive snaps that they were on the field, 77% for Christian Kirk, 79% for Larry Fitzgerald. So it's really hard to guess which of these two guys is going to be the guy that isn't DeAndre Hopkins. But I am here to say, that it is Christian Kirk. He's a young guy. We know his talent from Texas A&M. We know that they love getting him the ball in space because he's their punt returner. He has way too much talent and way too much speed in an offense that loves speed. Larry Fitzgerald is going to do his thing. He's going to catch first downs. But Christian Kirk once all of the defensive attention goes to DeAndre Hopkins, I think Christian Kirk is the guy that you want in Arizona. Moving on to the next, we're just we're just rolling through this. We got Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper had 14 targets. And this is what, what we talked about with Atlanta. Dallas is going to be facing Atlanta. There's going to be a lot of passing. Which of those other pass catchers do I want? And that is that is a really, really tough question because I want it to be Michael Gallup because I have Michael Gallup. I invested in Michael Gallup. You invested in Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup was my guy. Like that's where I talked about him. I love Michael Gallup this season. And so and so let me ask you. Like I I too I want it to be Michael Gallup, but you know, Michael Gallup, the the promising thing is is let's look again at percentage of snaps since since C.D. Lamb had six targets, Gallup had five. Again, that's pretty similar. Uh, Michael Gallup was on the field for 96% of the snaps. If it's two wide receivers, it's going to be Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper. C.D. Lamb was only on the field for 82% of the snaps. And I think his extra targets kind of came from the fact that Blake Jarwin got injured. And so now all of a sudden the guy over the middle of the field is cd lamb or was cd lamb now we don't know what they're game planning and they seemed to want to get cd lamb the ball he got a a few passes thrown his way on third down which means dak prescott trusts him but that whole night is much more different if michael gallup catches that ball doesn't get called for the opi so i am still in on michael gallup but boy C.D. Lamb, and we don't talk about a lot of D, uh, DFS on here, but if you're doing daily fantasy, C.D. Lamb is a lot cheaper than Michael Gallup this weekend, and I have a feeling he's going to have a big weekend. So the next guy complicates things because it's Jamison Crowder, and not only is Jamison Crowder on the Jets and they're a terrible team, he is also now injured, and we do not know for how long. So not only did he get 13 targets, but unlike all these other situations where we're looking at the other guys who might get the leftovers when they go down to a normal level of targets, now those 13 targets are completely up for grabs. So if you look at the Jets, the guy who got the second most targets 
in the game last weekend was Chris Herndon, their tight end, who caught six of seven for 37 yards. Seven targets is good. We know that Sam Darnold trusts Chris Herndon. Can can Le'Veon Bell get some of these targets? No, he's injured. Quiet about Le'Veon Bell. Brashad Perriman, though, is the wide receiver that excites me the most. He is, I mean, you got him, you got Josh Adams, you got Chris Hogan, Chris Hogan. Take your pick. And Brashad Perriman looked great last year in Tampa Bay. It seems like he's finally found his stride. And I have a feeling that the New York Jets, playing from behind, will need a lot of Brashad Perriman in general and a lot of Chris Herndon, uh, particularly in the red zone. So that wraps up all of the guys who got way too many targets last week and the receivers who will hopefully benefit from them getting fewer targets in the future. There is just one more wide receiver I wanted to talk about before we wrapped up, and that is only because after this week, I do not think he will be available on waivers anymore. Indianapolis is about to play the Vikings. The Vikings just brought Aaron Rodgers back to life from the dead, and... As we know, Devontae Adams absolutely destroyed them. So did Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and so did Alan Lazard. Wait, is it Marquez or Marquez? Because you've said two different things. Honestly, I think it's Marquez, but i that's not what we're talking about. What we are talking about is the fact that Philip Rivers is about to be classic vintage Philip Rivers. And I think his favorite target is Paris Campbell, not T.Y. Hilton. Paris Campbell actually fits Keenan Allen's game better than T.Y. Hilton does, and and Keenan Allen was Phil Rivs' favorite. Phil Rivs? Are you on, do you you and Phil Rivs, like, chat? Do you know, do you call him by this nickname all the time? No, it's just, it's just what I, it's Phil Rivs, you know? So Philip Rivers made Keenan Allen a fantasy beast, and I think he's going to do the same for Paris Campbell. Plus, Even if T.Y. Hilton is his favorite target, which we don't know. He and Paris Campbell had the same number of targets last weekend. T.Y. Hilton, over the past two years, has only been on the field for 85% of the snaps 10 times. The dude misses time for injuries. He just does. And Paris Campbell is going to be a volume monster. For all of you that love Jonathan Taylor the rest of the year, he's going to be in charge of the run game. Paris Campbell is going to be what the guy that that passing game runs through. That is all the time we have today. Again, we are psyched for our partnership with We Know Fantasy. Again, that is at We Know Fantasy on Twitter or WeKnowFantasy.com. Look out for us every Tuesday in our podcast on their platform. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you so much, We Know Fantasy. And thank you, Sports Meet, for ruining my day. Yeah.